0: Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, July 12th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC at $34,498, up 3.23%. Ethereum at number two, $2,160, up 3.39%. Tether at number three, $1. For Binance Coin, $333.15, up 5.87%. Cardano at number 5, $1.37, up 2.99%. XRP, number six, 64 cents, up 4.21%. Dogecoin at number 7, 21 cents, 2.39%. USD coin, number 8, $1.00. Polkadot, number nine, $15.53, up 1.19%. 1. And last but not least, Uniswap at number 10, $21.13, up 4.02%. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Again, extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity when investors are getting too greedy. That means the market is due for a correction. And today we got extreme fear at 25 Yesterday was extreme fear at 20, last week was fear at 29, and last month at this time fear at 28. So before we start, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners and subscribers. Um, Thank you for this journey along with me on Dave's Daily Crypto Take. I've seen a lot of the analytics and I have a lot of listeners on my podcast. You can catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast. So yeah, I see a lot of uh, supporters and listeners out in the US as well as in Asia and Europe. So thank you so much. And uh, I hope that you guys continue to help me and please listen to all the updates and news about crypto. So thanks again. Let's take a look at the table of contents today. We got about six articles. Article number one is cashing in on the NFT craze. Article two, 3,800 PS4s found and seized from a cryptocurrency farm in Ukraine. Article number three, Bitcoin doesn't require an ETF, but this is why it's a plus. Article four, revealed Bogdanov twins who helped Satoshi Nakamoto develop Bitcoin. Article five, Bitcoin versus Ethereum, which asset will bridge the gap to its ATH or all-time high first? And the main topic for today, this company sells passports to Americans looking for a tax break on their Bitcoin profits. All right. So let's take a look at article number one, cashing in on the NFT craze. So uh, you've probably seen a lot of articles about NFTs without really understanding what they are. Something about digital files selling for enormous amounts of money, like a piece of digital art, a video clip, or even a Twitter tweet. A lot of people are really excited about NFTs. Oh my God, this is crystal clear. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact, said entrepreneur and internet personality Gary Vaynerchuk. He says that this is the third time he's seen a digital revolution of this magnitude. In 1995, I was like, oh my God, this internet thing is going to change the world. And then in 2005, I just completely believed that social media, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter was going to be for everybody. Every time I've seen this many people confused, yet it's been crystal clear to me that this is the next significant consumer behavior shift. I know there's something. So until recently, if I had said, hey, I made a picture on my computer, who would like to buy the original you'd have laughed at me because that's stupid everybody knows that you can duplicate a computer file infinitely and every copy is identical to the first one what sense would make you say you own the original well an nft is a digital certificate it's like a contract that says that i sold you the original one nft stands for non-fungible token but that won't be on the test Anyway, our transaction is recorded on the blockchain, a tamper-proof database that keeps track of things like who owns what NFT, like a digital ledger book. You might have heard of the blockchain. It also makes possible digital currencies like Bitcoin. Because NFTs are new and speculative, a lot of famous people are trying to cash in on the craze. Musicians, athletes, actors, and artists like Beeple, screen name of graphic designer and animator Mike Winkleman, who sold this digital painting for $69 million in a Christie's auction. We were watching it on TV and I like, my whole family was there, said Winkleman. In the morning, it was like 13 million. And then in the last minute, at one point, it jumped from $25 million to $50 million, Just in one second. And what then happened? It was like a bomb went off in the room. The Christie sale made Beeple the third most valuable living artist after David Hockney and Jeff Koons. Members of the traditional art world were not amused. They don't love me, he said. What really probably stings a little is that they had never heard of me. Pogue asked, tell us if you think it was worth $70 million. Um, yes, because two people wanted it for $70 million. So by definition, it was worth $70 million. Value is determined in many cases just by how badly people want certain things. Okay, well, if people want to buy and sell NFTs, no harm done, right? Actually, not so fast. It turns out that any change to the blockchain requires massive banks of computers to perform astronomically huge calculations to verify that transaction, which uses gigantic amounts of electricity. Researchers are working on ways to reduce that power problem, but for now, NFTs and the blockchain are environmental disasters and maybe financial disasters too. Right now we're in a gold rush. We're in the greed phase where people are trying to make a quick buck, said Vanerchuk. And there's going to be too much supply, not enough demand because it's not easy to buy an NFT yet. In May, Vanerchuk offered his own NFT project, which he hopes to distinguish by offering tickets to his conferences with the purchase of each of his digital doodles. Base price $1,200. But even though he's got an interesting an interest in promoting NFT technology, he's also got a warning for you. Let me make this clear. I have no idea how you will edit this. America, please spend 30 hours of education before you buy your NFT, your first one. It's just like internet stocks. Sure, there's an Amazon and an eBay, but there's going to be a lot more pets.com that go to zero. And there will be plenty of volatility along the way. NFT sales are way down from their peak in May. But Mike Winkleman is convinced they're here to stay. Pog asked, at this point, how mainstream is it? Most of the people watching this video will never have heard of NFTs before, Winkleman said. This might be the first time you hear about it, but I really doubt it's going to be the last. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this cashing in on the NFT craze? Do you think it's a bubble or do you think it's here to stay? Please comment down below and let me know what you think. All right, article number two, 3,800 PS4s found and seized from a cryptocurrency farm in Ukraine. So on Thursday, the security service of Ukraine, SSU, reported that they had shut down a crypto mining operation in the city of Vinstia, seizing over 500 GPUs and 50 processors and a bunch of PlayStation 4s. Consoles built on 2013 era technology might not be great at mining but they don't need to be when you have 3,800 of them. Although the market for GPUs is starting to improve and dedicated ASICs might be on the way to relieve demand, it might seem that one group of enterprising and cryptocurrency miners have turned to last-gen console hardware to get things done. From the photos provided by the SSU, it looks like these consoles are of the PS4 Slim variety, the 2016 refresh of the g- original console from three years prior, mostly obsolete for newer games. It's not all surprising that so many could be sourced en masse so easily. Still, while the PS4 Slim ran more efficiently than the baseline PS4 thanks to a node shrink on the APU, it wasn't any faster. It's hard to estimate what kind of performance you could get on a console jury-rigged to mine cryptocurrency, but the GPU in the PS4 Pro is a lower-powered derivative of the silicon in AMD's RX 480, and that card requires higher clockings refresh. The RX 580 was found by Tom's hardware to be a pretty inefficient card for Ethereum mining these days, even when tuned. On the other hand, Ethereum mining is more often dependent on memory bandwidth than compute performance. And there's the base PS4 and Slim manage 176 gigabytes per second with 8 gigabyte of shared GDDR5. That's less than 217.6 gigabyte per second of the Pro model and the 256 gigabyte per second of their desktop counterparts, but not as far behind as it is in other metrics such as T-flops, often cited in console-related debates. Either way, it's almost certain that the miners were using the PS4 for its pricing and availability rather than the speed nor efficiency especially given the vast number of consoles in use plus like some previously busted mining operations they were stealing electricity from the vincia power grid so power usage was unlikely to be a concern so what do you guys think about the ps4s 3800 of them found and seized from the cryptocurrency farm in ukraine (laughs) let me know down below if you wanted to use your ps4 for mining All right. Article number three, Bitcoin doesn't require an ETF, but this is why it's a plus. So the prolonged saga between the SEC and Bitcoiners about the former approving a Bitcoin ETF has been frustrating for many. This much anticipated move would allow the top rated digital asset to be traded on Wall Street exchanges, roping in an increased amount of institutional investors and capital. However, the federal agency has repeatedly deferred the sign off citing fears of instability and liquidity, among others. The entry of SEC's new chair, Gary Genser, has certainly shot up the hopes of many as news of him being a crypto enthusiast spread. However, in a recent interview, Osprey Fund's founder and CEO, Greg King, conveyed that he felt the appointment might not be enough for the SEC to give a green light and green signal to BTC ETFs. He quotes, he's certainly more knowledgeable than the previous administration was. He might even take a harsher view because he does have the expertise and there are significant issues as the SEC has laid them out over the years. While previous qualms about the liquidity and custody has been somewhat resolved, King opined that the issue of manipulation still remains foremost. Among that is the pumping of meme coins by influencers like Dogecoin and Elon Musk on social media. Just yesterday, he had tweeted out in support of Dogecoin again, sending the coin up after weeks of downfall. Moreover, crypto assets are traded on global exchanges that function 24-7, with the Wall Street exchanges trading on only weekdays for 6.5 hours. A surge or drop in assets value during off hours could create havoc among investors. According to King, commissioners at the federal agency are divided on whether it is their job to ensure stability in the assets that they approve. In the meantime, several crypto funds have popped up to fill the void bringing legitimacy to the asset in the eyes of big-ticket investors. Osprey released this BTC fund on its own this year, one that King hopes to convert into an ETF soon. The key difference he cited between both asset classes is the way in which new units can be created and supplied to investors. It can't be offered publicly publicly, have to be offered to accredited investors in the first instance. And then what that means is that there's a lag between the creation of new units for, you know, and the satisfaction of market demand. This was the reason behind Grayscale's fund, GBTC's premium going negative recently, according to the CEO. Hedge funds had invested into the trust fund and mass, leading to multi-billion dollar AUM and the creation of multiple new units that fell short on supply. However, when the premium shrunk, These short-term investors pulled out and falling demand fueled the negative premiums. Drawing an analogy with gold, the exec also said that while BTC does not require an ETF, it could boost up distribution. Even though gold was traded for thousands of years, the creation of ETFs allowed pulling the asset into the more uh, portfolio-related conversations with average investors. Moreover, consumers no longer needed to go out and buy the asset and worry about its storage, which are problems many BTC investors also face. The decision of other close countries like Canada and Brazil to permit BTC ETFs without much ado could have influenced the SEC's delay further as the United States would not want to look like a follower who falls under pressure. On if an ETF could be in the books for Bitcoin soon, King concluded, Quote, I think the space has evolved a lot and I think a Bitcoin ETF is possible, but I'm not sure the SEC is quite there yet. I think if it's going to happen, it'll happen next year, not this year. So there you guys have it. Bitcoin doesn't require an ETF, but this is why it's a plus. Let me know down below if you think it does need an ETF or not to be accepted and adopted worldwide. All right. I just want to take a break right now just to say thank you so much. Uh, for listening into dave's daily crypto take as well as the youtube video i've been getting a lot of uh, support nowadays and i've been getting a lot of comments and a lot of dms so thank you i appreciate about it so much if you guys have a suggestion or something of a request that you guys want to hear about the news or updates i'll do my best to give you the unbiased truth in the unbiased news every day so that you can be up to date to the crypto world So again, thank you so much for listening into the Dave's Daily Crypto Take so far and do what you can by liking, sharing, and subscribing if you can. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to round two. Article number four, Twins revealed Bogdanov twins who helped Satoshi Nakamoto develop Bitcoin. So uh, three main points in this article is this. Number one, Bogdanov twins claim that they helped Satoshi develop Bitcoin. Number two, the twins became famous as they reveal more Satoshi Nakamoto details. And number three, there's also a conspiracy theory about how twins touched alien. (laughs) The Bagdanov twins have announced that they had hand in the development of Bitcoin and helped Satoshi Nakamoto develop the number one cryptocurrency. Their announcement follows a trending meme showing one of the twins on the phone telling whales to initiate a crypto market dump. The twins said they helped Satoshi Nakamoto during an interview hosted on LeHeur Despros. The twins said as mathematicians that they are, they helped the crypto developer elaborate on some of the source code. Particularly, Igor and Grinchka Bagdanov claim to have helped elaborate on Bitcoin's predictive code. Igor and I, as mathematicians, were able to participate in the elaboration of some of the Bitcoin source code, especially the predictive code. Grichka Bagdanov told his interviewer. So the twins became famous in France for hosting science education TV show Temp X in the 1980s. The twins have been scientific essayists, and while Igor has a doctorate in theoretical physics, his brother has a doctorate in mathematics. They have been the subject of many controversies over the years, including disputes about the veracity of their academic credentials and a recent court case alleging they had scammed a bipolar millionaire. The popularity of Bagdanov meme shows and follows an online trend that began in 2015 when a Reddit user posted a photo of the twins in a subreddit with the title, How Do They Think Is Attractive? in a reference to what looks like botched plastic surgery. In 2017, an anonymous 4chan user posted a made-up list of conspiracy theories about bagdanov brothers such as direct contact with aliens and the ability to control the French Prime Minister, and evidence which suggests that the Rothschilds are operating under their supervision. So, what do you guys think about Bagdanoff twins who helped Satoshi Nakamoto develop Bitcoin. Do you think it's true or not? And actually, let me know down below if you ever heard of them before, because for me, this is the first time I've ever heard of them. Okay, let's take a look at Article 5. Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Which asset will bridge the gap to its all-time high first So over the past couple of years, Bitcoin and Ethereum have been trying to one-up each other in terms of performance. While the market cap difference is still extremely significant, Ethereum has clawed its way back in terms of price again. A year back in July 2020, ETH's value represented 3% of Bitcoin's price, but at a press time, it was valued at 6% of the king coin. Early in May, it was up to 8.5% at one point. Ethereum has relatively broken out of Bitcoin's shadow over the past couple of bullish rallies. And in terms of volatility, the world's largest altcoin has been more reactive as well. However, there is one particular factor that might both be a blessing or boom for Ether. So let's take a look. The attached chart illustrates that B, ETH, BTC, realized correlation volume spread of both the assets and the volume spread goes up or down depending on which asset has been more volatile during a particular time. Now, historically, whenever the spread has gone up on the chart, Ethereum has been able to outperform Bitcoin as far as bullish rallies are concerned, and vice versa. Here is a key example. Between 25th September 2020 and 1st January 2021, the ETH BTC volatility spread dropped down from 36% to 14% on the charts. It meant that Bitcoin had been relatively more volatile than Ethereum. That volatility translated on the charts as Bitcoin's value rose by 169% over that period, while Ethereum's value hiked by 111%. The tables turned in 2021 when the volume spread started to go up and the situation became more favorable to Ethereum. Within a month, the spread jumped from 14% to 37% yet again, and Ether outperformed Bitcoin with a 97% growth when compared to BTC's 64%. Now, since the turn of April, the volume spread has been relatively high again on the charts, meaning Ethereum is expected to be more volatile in the future. However, it might not always play out in a bullish way. So, volatility is no one's friend. Now, the key point to take away from the current rising volume spread in between Ethereum and Bitcoin since the end of April is the fact that it amasses both a strong bullish rally and a brutal bearish correction. Both assets re- respectively recorded all-time highs during that period, but Ethereum did better in terms of percentage growth. When bearish pressure started mounting, Ethereum again did better by following further than Bitcoin on the charts. Bitcoin recorded a drop of 48% initially, whereas Ether dropped down by 60% in the span of 10 days between 10 May and 23 May. Including that narrative now, with the volume spread currently at yearly high levels, if the markets turn bullish, it is safe to assume that Ethereum will be able to bridge the gap faster to its all-time high valuation than Bitcoin. However, any chances of more bearish pressure unraveling may push Ether lower down the charts. So there you guys have it. Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Which asset will bridge the gap to its all-time high first? Let me know down below which one you think it is. Is it going to be Bitcoin or Ethereum by the end of this year? All right. Let's take a look at the main topic today. It is, this company sells passports to Americans looking for a tax break on their Bitcoin profits. So three points in this article. Number one, plan B passport uh, offers crypto rich clients a path to a second passport in their pick of seven most tropical tax haven states, all of which are exempt from capital gains taxes on crypto holdings. Two, the company works in tandem with each government's residence or citizenship by investment programs. Three. Three. It's an attractive way to draw foreign investment and especially prominent countries with few neutral and natural resources, said Ernest Moraes, an attorney with international tax law firm Anderson. So Russian expatriate Katie Ananini has spent the last three years helping people dodge taxes on their Bitcoin gains. It is all part of her mission to stick it to the man, one case of tax avoidance at a time. As the name suggests, Plan B Passport offers crypto-rich clients a path to a second passport in their pick of seven, mostly tropical, tax-haven states, all of which are exempt from capital gains taxes on crypto holdings. I was smart enough to figure out that $200 in Bitcoin will be worth $100,000 at some point, said Ananina. I don't think the government should have 40% of that. So, Ananina... Isn't your stereotypical Bitcoin maximalist? A phrase used to describe people who believe that Bitcoin and not necessarily other cryptocurrencies is the future of finance. Born and raised in Chelyabinsk, a city in central Russia, 90 miles north of the Kazakhstan border, the former professional sailboat racer moved to the States in 2016 after landing a green card, thanks to her status as one of the world's top sailors. Five and a half years ago, she spoke no English, but you'd never know it if you met her. For Ananina, the appeal of Bitcoin was laid bare when she saw the Russian cryptocurrency and Russian currency drop 50% during the two months she was living in Spain while competing for the Russian national sailing team in early 2015. My macroeconomics professor wasn't able to explain that to me. There was no chance I could run my equations and figure out what happened there, she said. I realized I wasn't happy with how money works. So began Anania's days as Bitcoin evangelist. But being a Bitcoin maxi isn't just about believing in one currency, according to Anania. She believes wholeheartedly in the jurisdictional arbitrage, which to her means ditching any one government's rules over her actions and finances and going to the place that suits her best at the moment. If the government starts affecting me, I will take all my assets into my hands and go elsewhere, she said. This is the mindset that led the 26-year-old entrepreneur to start her own company designed to help others do just that. And Anina says that several Bitcoiners she knows who have held the cryptocurrency for over one boom and bust cycle are thinking about getting a second passport as a way to avoid paying capital gains taxes on their holdings. So how does it work? Every year, Plan B Passport helps hundreds of people from countries like the US, the UK, Australia, and Canada obtain a second passport in one of the seven countries, St. Kitts and Nevis, Antigua and Barbuda, Dominica, Vanuatu, Grenada, and St. Lucia and Portugal. The company works in tandem with each government's residence or citizenship by investment programs. It's an attractive way to draw foreign investment and especially prominent in countries with few natural resources, said Ernest Marais, an attorney with international tax law firm Anderson. Marais, who has significant expertise advising clients on cross-border tax structuring, told CNBC that this is the kind of passport purchasing scheme is commonly found in tax havens, or what are some countries referred to as international finance centers. In St. Lucia, you can obtain a citizenship by an investment of between 100K to 250K government bonds or 300K real estate, continued Mare's via email. And Lina says the average check for customers ranges from $130,000 to $180,000. It's basically a donation into the substantial growth fund of the country, she said. So clients make $100,000 or $150,000 donation plus some due diligence fees government fees and then $20,000 for my legal fees. Typically, families opt for St. Kitts while St. Lucia is the most popular program for single applicants because it's one of the cheaper destinations and has a decently quick application turnaround time. Business has never been better, according to Nina. My only marketing channel is Twitter, she said. I literally do not spend a single penny, but I'm booked out three weeks ahead on consultation calls. So, giving up CUS citizenship. In the United States, the IRS treats virtual currency, which includes Bitcoin, as well as other cryptocurrencies, as property. This means Bitcoin is taxed in a manner similar to stocks or real property. At a basic level, the taxpayer's basis in the Bitcoin is what the taxpayer purchased it for. And when the taxpayer sells or exchanges that Bitcoin, it is a taxable transaction explained John Feldhammer, a partner at law firm Baker Botts and a former IRS senior litigator. The taxpayer's income or any loss is determined by taking the sales price and subtracting the taxpayer's basis, he said. So let's say the taxpayer purchases one Bitcoin for $10,000 and sells it for $50,000. The individual would face $40,000 of taxable capital gains. A second passport doesn't automatically solve their tax problems. If a taxpayer has a green card, it's a U.S. citizen or is a U.S. resident alien. The taxpayer owes U.S. tax on any crypto gains they have no matter where the crypto or taxpayer is located, explained Feldhammer. It also doesn't matter if they are dual citizens. If they are U.S. citizens, they owe U.S. tax on their worldwide income. This is why Anania says that many of her American clients either plan to renounce their U.S. citizenship or considering their option for later in life. One Plan B passport customer who spoke to CNBC on the condition of anonymity said he has spent the last decade traversing Southeast and Central Asia, and he is seriously considering ditching his U.S. passport once he's officially a citizen of St. Kitts. He said the $180,000 cost was totally worth it as it represents only 1% of his net worth, and the capital gains taxes on his crypto holdings would amount to millions. This person opted for the Premier Caribbean passport as he describes it, since it is the oldest and most reputable of their programs and offers the most visa-free travel. But he warns those who are interested in applying to brace themselves for a months-long process with a lot of paperwork, including police checks and medical checks. Would-be immigrants should also note that the U.S. charges citizens a fee to cut loose. When a U.S. taxpayer expatriates, they are generally subject to the exit tax, which is essentially a tax equal to what the taxpayer would be subject to if they sold all of their property the day before they gave up their citizenship, according to Feldhammer. So technically legal, unlike tax evasion, which is when an individual deliberately hides their income, tax avoidance is perfectly illegal, even if large swaths of population deem it unfair. But Marais points out that the IRS and tax authorities are ramping up their efforts to trace digital currency holdings via some of the centralized crypto exchanges. The IRS reach is global, especially with the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, he said. Feldhammer was with the IRS Council when it made significant inroads in taxing U.S. taxpayers who intentionally hid assets offshore in order to avoid U.S. taxes. Through a combination of informants, changes in the laws, and significant international pressure, it is now extremely hard for a U.S. person to hide assets overseas, said Feldhammer. The U.S. can do the same thing for crypto and is already contemplating changing its laws to do just this. The U.S. Department of Treasury has proposed comprehensive reporting for crypto, which would make it as difficult to spend crypto as it is cash without it getting reported. The IRS is also stepping up efforts at home to track down non-compliant US taxpayers using John Doe summons, a tool that allows the government to obtain information about a large group of unidentified taxpayers. In this case, the summonses were issued to different crypto exchanges as a way to find people who conducted at least $20,000 of transactions in the cryptocurrency from 2016 to 2020. Issuing these summons, once exchange at a time, is a clumsy way to capture non-compliant U.S. taxpayers, but it can be effective, according to Feldhammer. This is why many exchanges steer clear of Americans altogether. Maris tells CNBC that Valor, the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in South Africa, doesn't touch U.S. citizens. Though Ananina isn't breaking the law, she does endure the wrath of law enforcement. Every time I cross the border, I get detained in the airport for three hours, and Anina claims. They ask me a bunch of questions, and every piece of luggage goes through the craziest screening. They literally turn my socks inside out. But she says border patrol agents can't get her down. If I cross the border by foot, it's much easier. So I literally started flying to Tijuana and walking across the border to San Diego, she said. It's a much faster route. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this? Uh, This company sells passports to Americans looking for a tax break on their Bitcoin profits. What do you think about that? Tax avoidance versus tax uh, being smart on it. So let me know and comment down below if you think this is a good idea or whatnot. All right. Okay. Tax avoidance versus tax evasion. That is. Let's take a look at the cryptocurrency prices once again. So at number one, we got Bitcoin at $34,498. Ethereum at number two, $2,160. Tether, $1. Binance Coin, $333. Uh, Cardano at $1.37. XRP at $0.64. Dogecoin, $0.21. USD Coin, $1.37. And number nine, Polkadot, $15.53. And last but not least, Uniswap, $21.13. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into the crypto take. Again, please follow me on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts if you want to listen to the audio version. And if you want to see the video version, please subscribe to me on YouTube videos under Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Again, thanks so much for taking it this far and I'll see you guys again in the next one. Have a great crypto day. Peace.